Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. A protest in China against their strict zero COVID policy and restrictions on freedoms have spread to several cities throughout the world. That after a fire in a high-rise building claimed 10 lives. The incident went viral on Chinese social media when claims were made that residents couldn't escape the building that was partially locked down. Protests have disturbed several markets today. COVID lockdown protests in China has the attention of traders. Loan and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says that is keeping negative pressure on the commodities. You still have uh, China on COVID lockdowns. I actually had uh, some reports coming out. They were seeing some uh, protests even nationwide, which was unprecedented. Um, you know, I think that's got all the commodities a little bit shook up, but uh, we'll see, you know, where we go from here. Traders appear to be doing some end-of-the-month type positioning squaring. Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Um, you know, we're coming up on first notice day is Wednesday for December futures contracts. Um, like I said, just, you know, really some low volume in last week, so I think everybody's trying to get some direction here to start this week. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending November 24th reports corn inspections of 302,000 metric tons, 39% less than the previous week and 62% less than the same week a year ago. Soybean export inspections of 2.02 million metric tons are 17% less than the previous week and 10% less than last year. Wheat export inspections of 198,000 tons are 32% less than the previous week, 49% less than the same week last year. For the market year, corn inspections are 32% less than last year, soybean inspections down 10%, and wheat inspections are 4% behind last year's pace. December 16th is the application uh, deadline for Phase 1 of the USDA's Emergency Relief Program. Farm Service Agency Director Zach Ducheneau says this round of relief is being offered for losses caused by disasters in 2020 or 2021. If you had an indemnified loss through some type of risk management strategy, be that crop insurance or NAP, for an eligible cause of loss as listed in the statute and probably on our webpage, and you did not receive a payment or did not receive a pre-filled form, let us know so that we can make sure that we're not closing that door on folks that still have a payment coming. And payments will be based on our, uh, payments already made on indemnified losses. We worked with our sister agency, the Risk Management Agency, to get indemnified losses for producers so that we could use that as the threshold for making additional payments. Funds will be distributed in two phases through the Emergency Livestock Relief Program and the Emergency Relief Program. Contact your local FSA office for more details. The hard red wheat areas of the Midwest will continue to receive limited rain and snow over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says none of the rain or snow will be enough to change the drought conditions. The Canadian prairies weather pattern will continue to be active with several waves of snow expected. Temperatures are expected to cool down. World Weather says the negative phase of the Arctic Oscillation and North Atlantic Oscillation will bring cooler temperatures to the Midwest late this week through next week. Northeastern Brazil is expected to have several more days of rain causing flooding in some areas, while nearly widespread rain will return Thursday through the following Wednesday, increasing soil 
moisture to most areas. World Weather Incorporated says the moisture will be timely for the driest areas of central and southern Brazil. Nearly widespread rain will fall in Argentina on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday before turning hot and dry once again. Argentina will not be completely dry. World Weather says rains that fall will be too light and too infrequent to produce any meaningful improvements in soil moisture. Temperatures are expected to range from the mid-80s to the lower 100s. The weekly export sales report for the week ending November 17th from USDA showed corn export sales at 1.8 million metric tons, 58% more than the previous week, and 257% more than the four-week average. Soybean sales uh, for the week at 690,000 tons, 77% less than the previous week, 51% below the four-week average. Wheat sales uh, during the week are reported at 512,000 metric tons, 76% more than the previous week, 37% more than the four-week average. Transportation challenges continue to be watched closely by the fertilizer industry. Stonex Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville says logistics is the main concern. Continued low water uh, flows going into Mississippi, which is impeding barge traffic, which is, of course, the artery system of our uh, bulk transport system. But now all of a sudden we're watching this uh, this rail situation, this possible rail strike, which may or may not happen in the coming weeks. So a lot, that's a main, been the main focus. However, globally, we've been seeing a lot of prices down. Phosphate and potash, if you look at those prices, not only here domestically but globally, those prices have been down almost constantly since late March, early April. Linville says the U.S. has not seen those price drops due to transportation issues. Recently, in the last several weeks, we've actually been seeing urea prices fall off, not so much on the UAN or the anhydro side, but urea prices have been falling off as, you know, Chinese exports have started to pick up, Russian exports have continued, um, European production has started to come online with natural gas prices starting, uh, you know, plumbing from their absolute highs. The frustrating part is for a lot of North American farmers is they haven't seen a lot of it. And again, it goes back to that transportation system. That is really making it to where these better situations that are occurring globally are not being seen on the inland markets. A coalition of more than 400 business groups sent a letter to congressional leaders urging them to intervene into labor negotiations between Class 1 railroads and their unions. The group, led by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, National Association of Manufacturers, and the National Retail Federation, say even a short-term strike would be devastating to the U.S. economy. The groups say the pain would be felt before, Dece before the December 9th deadline as railroads would stop hauling hazardous chemical, fertilizers, and perishable goods up to a week before the strike. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Important trade negotiations like the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework is rapidly approaching. U.S. Meat Export Federation President Dan Hallstrom is pushing to get the Senate to confirm two key trade nominees. It's hard to believe, but we're almost to the halfway point of the Biden administration and uh, need to get our roster full with some key positions. We've got two appointees that really need to get through the process. Uh, on the USTR side, Doug McCallop has been put forth as the chief agricultural 
federal negotiator. And uh, Alexis Taylor has been put forth for the Undersecretary of Trade. We have several uh, trade opportunities coming up. Um, in particular, the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework will have their first sit-down talks in Australia in December. And we also have uh, some pending initiatives with Kenya and Taiwan. So it's more important than ever to have a full bent with key positions filled. And Hallstrom is optimistic that Indo-Pacific trade talks could help remove trade barriers. The Indo-Pacific framework has the potential to really pay some dividends in terms of taking care of some of those trade issues that we have, trade barriers and some of the technical issues that may be limiting the volume potential in the region. And you look at some of the key markets that are already growth markets for U.S. beef, pork, and lamb. You've got Philippines, Vietnam. These are some key countries in the region that really affect what we're doing every day in the world of beef and pork exports. Innovus Agra owner Brett Elke is putting on marketing meetings in Dickinson and Mandan, North Dakota for farmers. Elke says the first meeting just wrapped up. Yep, we just finished up the, the first round and uh, the second series is going to take place on December 20th. And the final wrap up on that series will take place on January 17th. Elke says farmers can learn more about supply and demand and how to market their commodities. Well, initially, we wanting to have a refresher or an introduction for utilizing futures and options. We, we talked quite a bit about some of the existing contracts that producers use. So then we started talking about how people might integrate and utilize futures contracts or options on futures contracts as a part of that risk management portfolio. Next session, we're going to get into a little bit more detail on how futures and options on futures contracts work. And then we're going to start the development of old crop marketing plans for grains, oil seeds, and feeder cattle. The Amplifying Processing of Livestock in the United States Act would help fix regulatory roadblocks for increasing meat processing capacity. Livestock Marketing Association Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs, Chelsea Good, gives us an update on where the A-plus Act is. So the A-plus Act has been introduced both in the House and the Senate, and what it would do is it would allow a local livestock auction to either own or invest in a small or medium-sized packing facility. Um, the, the Packers and Stockyards Act is really outdated and actually makes it illegal right now for a livestock market to invest in the, the packing industry. That just does not make sense today when we're really trying to increase the amount of small and regional packers. Good says transportation bottlenecks are slowing down capacity still. So um, I think our supply chain issues in the auction sector, cattle sector as well, are a couple things. Um, we're having a hard time getting truckers. We're having a hard time getting people to physically get our cattle and products, you know, from place to place. That, that's a big challenge. Um, that's something that LMA works on. And, and especially making sure that, that those people who are on the road have enough hours of service to get the livestock where they need to go. Um, and then also I think we see bottlenecks in the packing sector. And so if we can have more small and regional packers, that would help that and, and the markets want to be part of that solution they want to invest in that space we do need to see that a plus act pass though in order to give them that legal capability to do so agriculture secretary tom vilsack and mexico's president obrador are scheduled to meet today to discuss mexico's gmo policy and food prices 
Mexico is scheduled to ban biotech corn in 2024. However, corn for feed usage may still be allowed. Vilsack has threatened to challenge this policy through the North American Free Trade Agreement. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, go to rfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News will hit your email box every Monday. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. According to the USDA, overall feed prices for livestock are up over 26% from 2020. The increase in feed costs could be a cause of concern for livestock producers thinking about backgrounding their calves this year. NDSU Extension Livestock Specialist Carl Hoppe says producers should estimate expenses ahead of time. Do a budget for the calves to uh, figure out if it's worth the effort or not. So we've got several things. One of the things on the internet we have is what we call Calf Web, and it's a backgrounding budget, or you can put in your own numbers for doing that at our NDSU website, and uh, you can do the math there to find out, uh, use projected prices and feed costs and everything else in yardage and veterinary costs to uh, identify if uh, backgrounding is something you should do. Now, there could be another reason for backgrounding that's strictly for getting animals vaccinated and healthy before they're sold through an auction market. And that in its own right is a very viable reason to background calves. Take, taking into consideration feed costs, yardage, and current market prices. Well, there's a couple ways to look at adding value to backgrounding calves. If the market works with you, there can be a substantial increase. It might be $50, $100 a head. If the market doesn't move with you, it might actually be negative. So that's why it's always good to look at some type of price protection backgrounding calves. The other thing to, to consider is that you're getting paid for yardage. Most of our budgets use 45 cents per head per day yardage. And that's something that you can use as revenue back to your farm. So that's one way to look at it. And the other thing is feed costs change amongst everybody. So if you're raising your own on-farm feed, that would be a lower feed cost than if it was purchased. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing wheat in Minneapolis, December down five and three quarter at nine fifty one and a half. Chicago is down twenty one and a quarter at seven fifty four and a quarter. Kansas City down eighteen and a half at nine oh three and a half. December corn down a half penny at six sixty seven and a half. March is down one and a quarter at six seventy. January soybeans are eighteen cents higher at fourteen fifty four and a quarter. March is up seventeen cents at fourteen fifty nine and a quarter. In Winnipeg, January canola is now four dollars and fifty cents a metric ton higher at eight hundred seventeen dollars forty cents Canadian. December live cattle down forty two cents at one fifty two sixty five. The January feeders are down a dollar forty seven at one seventy six eighty two. And December lean hogs down two dollars and forty seven cents. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs> 